0: to say what needs saying. This is episode two, part two. If you haven't yet listened to part one of this episode, please do. We had some great conversation about the George Floyd body cam footage and policing in general, and we continue that conversation in this episode. If you have already listened to part one, welcome back. And now let's go back to the conversation. So the last point that was brought up was the continued training and then the fact that some cops have been able to do it. And I think it points out the fact that it's two-sided. There's the instances where someone without proper training could still perform adequately in a, in a bad situation. Then there's the instance of the people with good training that will still perform badly. And, and you get that with any job, cops, not cops, anything. It's an important point to make in that even if we increase training, this is not going to go away. You will always have bad instances, bad performance by certain cops, and things will always happen, no matter, no matter what we wind up doing. There's no cure-all, like with anything. Exactly. First, I,
1: th- I think, go ahead, go to say?
0: Well, I was just saying, personally, what I feel is the larger issue, training is a big part of it, yes. Personally, what I think is the larger issue is the amount of protection and rehiring capability police have through their police unions. There's, there's, oh, yeah. there's a, yeah, there are plenty of instances where cops have numerous times exercised excessive force, sometimes been charged with things, sometimes even been fired or put on leave or what have you. And then a couple weeks, months later, whatever, it's sometimes not even that long. They wind up getting another job in the district over the police force in that new area isn't able to do anything about it. They have to hire them because they're protected from those uh, instances that are now on their record. It doesn't take...
1: It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, inalienate them. Or so. I forgot what the term it was. I know exactly Disqualify,
0: what I guess? Disqualify yeah. them?
1: Yeah, so no, no pedestrians allowed to access or to gather that information, and they're not liable to release it. I think California and New York were the recent states to allow, and Minnesota were at least in states, to uh, allow for that transparency. If I get placed from point A, and I literally can just go to point B. That was my thing. I was like, he you know, he has to go through all this time. But when he comes out, he's guaranteed a job.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? He's going
1: to be a platoon that's like, yo, you align with me. I'm going to, you. granted what you did, quote unquote, was wrong. Hush, hush. C- come, you know, get your job back. But right. I was going to ask you, because this, the cre- I mean, one day we can go back on the creation of the police uh, force in America. Uh, it did come one year uh, after slavery because they couldn't they didn't know a place to keep many of the slaves this was the first the very first sheriff of america said they didn't know where to keep the blacks so they put them in jail Got it. Uh, but in regards to how this is fixed do you think that his sentence granted i believe that he was right to getting the second degree sentence uh not sentence but the uh charge mm-hmm. but do you believe that charges like that are used as deterrence for these things to not occur, or do you think officers or their, their own prejudices or their own misjudgment of situations create that?
0: Uh, create the charges, you mean?
1: Yeah, would we'll create, like, will we'll, 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 we'll the charges impede upon those uh, decisions?
0: Got it. So I think it could be both ways. I think you could reasonably see that someone puts these charges out with good intent, with the intent to get them a a harder sentence because they deserve it, because they actually committed this crime, and because they don't feel like the current charge is sufficient. I think that there's also the opposite is possibly true as well. It depends case by case. There was a lot of backlash over the Freddie Gray case uh, way back when people were assuming that the charges were brought up almost because they were in... Yeah, so they, they weren't able to substantiate these charges. So they brought them up so that the cops would get off. And that was a lot of the backlash that was going on at that time. And I think either one of those is plausible. I think you could see that someone brings up a higher charge because they think it's right. And you could also see someone that brings it up for either political names or... Or political reasons, or or reasons to to protect the the cop, you know. Either of those, I could see, because I think there's also a pretty substantial lack of understanding of the law by a lot of people. This uh, a lot of people were asking for this to be brought up to first degree murder because
1: of the because of the prior interactions and the knowledge behind it.
0: Yeah, because they they knew each other beforehand. That would be while again there's a loose. Connection there, you know, there's the
1: no 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 not loose. They've interacted in the boss of the co- the the things so that they've had numerous conversations and like they've they know each other well. Granted, it's weird. I didn't see that in any of the videos, right. but I think that plays to the mental health part.
0: It plays to the mental health part, but it would be hard to link that to premeditation of murder. It would be hard to, even if they had poor interactions before, even if they weren't friends, it would be something that you could use as an argument, but it would be, I, I think it would be hard to substantiate those claims. I'm not saying that it would be right or wrong. It may be very well that it was premeditated, but looking at the video of what happened, you could very easily make the argument that, well, dude was poorly trained and he didn't necessarily plan to kill him well okay planning is a little different with the the amount of time he spent on it but premeditated is a different it's Uh, harder i think to make that that call
1: the one thing about first degree has to be under the pretense of premeditated i do not think he was like oh is this the floyd one okay Mm -hmm.
0: right and so that's what i'm saying is with this people wanted it to be first degree because they wanted to hit him with the hardest hammer of the law and they wanted the every punishment possible and i understand that but there's a certain level of understanding of the law that needs to come into it because you're either going to, you're, if you throw all your uh, all your money on this bet that he is going to get guilty for first degree murder, sure, you may, you may get a larger sentence, but he's probably going to get off and then you'll get nothing, right? You'll get absolutely nothing. Whereas the other side of this, if you just, not saying they should or shouldn't do this, but if you only charged him with assault, let's say, you would absolutely be guilty. You would absolutely get a guilty You'd probably get a guilty plea, but you, you would absolutely get him on assault. And so it's where on that spectrum do you want to fall? Not not necessarily only with evidence, but with the risk you're willing to take on. And mm-hmm. so with first degree, with the amount of people that wanted to do that, it do, I agree with one of the comments we got that first degree doesn't make sense here. Absolutely. And second degree, you could make a fairly good argument for it, especially pairing it with the felony assault. And so not necessarily saying there was intent to kill, but saying it was paired with a felony assault, you could make that argument, but there is a higher chance that he gets off. Mm-hmm. And so it's that delicate balance that you need to play where, okay, are we willing to risk the higher, the, him getting off in order to get a higher charge? Now, should it be that way? Yes and no. No, because more people will get off scot-free when they committed a crime, but there will also still be people who, the burden of evidence is there. Whereas mm-hmm. it wouldn't be if if that if this wasn't the case, and so it's it's tricky, but but yeah.
1: Comments that says uh, yeah. second degree should be the right call, and I agree. I agree that there's enough <laughs> based off of what you describe as the second degree enough to place him. in. right now, I think he's he's currently still in prison. He's not a uh, he's I, not out on bail. I yeah.
0: believe so. Yeah.
1: But yeah. he has a GoFundMe ready for him <laughs> for <I> believe, <laughs> so far.
0: Yeah, if second degree murder was only With intent, then I think it would be tough to prove. But since you can charge with felony murder, because intent, intent when you're dealing with a suspect who, objectively speaking, wasn't complying 100% and who was behaving in a way that regardless of whether it was drugs or mental health or whatever, in that situation, it's hard to differentiate between, you know, them being a bad cop and them having the intent to kill this person right but when you being able to charge with felony assault and then making that felony murder absolutely i think they have a case um, uh, go ahead. no i was just going to address the comment uh, someone was asking what the the other officers what they got uh mm-hmm. charged with i'm looking that up right now because i'm actually not 100 percent sure
1: So they were, they were, uh, actually they all presented in front of the judge, uh, because it happened, uh, within around May 25th, uh, they're going, their, their trial date is March 8th for Mm -hmm. them. So we will see at that time. And the reason why it's so far is because during, uh, this COVID everything is shut down, everything is slowed down. Mm -hmm. Their process, their due process will not be a speedy
0: one. But they were charged with something. They were, they do have charges on them right now. And I don't know if, well, they to pled. What extent not,
1: that, well, one of the uh, one of the officers, one of the officers, pled not guilty, uh, claimed self defense that he used the force reasonable and authorized, but none of the other officers have entered into that plea.
0: But I'm wondering what they pled not guilty to, like what the cops were charged with. Um, so we've got you know first or second and third degree murder and manslaughter charges on Shalvin. Uh, i 'm just wondering what the other ones okay so
1: it says the three officers Form the three other former officers who arrested Mr. Floyd are charged with aiding and abetting second degree murder
0: got it so yeah, so that now if' it's, if it 's specifically that i, I won 't pretend to be a legal expert, and so if anyone knows better than this, please speak up, but if that is specific to second degree murder now you 're adding on to the risk of if Shauvin gets off for second-degree murder, and he's found not guilty of that, even if he's found guilty for third-degree murder, are the other officers now automatically innocent because they weren't charged with aiding and abetting third-degree murder? I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case or not. I'm assuming it's something similar to Shauvin, where Shauvin has charges of third and second-degree murder, and so they could try for all of them, maybe. I, I'm not an expert. I'm not, I'm not sure.
1: Right. And neither am I. But I wouldn't say if, say, for instance, uh, Chauvin were to get off on his particular mm-hmm. case, the charges brought up on him and his lawyers and the state handled that in court. That doesn't excuse, because the only way that wouldn't work is in some form of double jeopardy. But it's one person not getting tried twice, but it's two people being tried for the same crime.
0: But if you're aiding and abetting, if you're charged with aiding and abetting second degree murder, and the second degree murder was deemed to never have happened, then there's no oh, second degree murder for you to aid and abet. You see what I'm saying?
1: Right, but isn't the second degree murder that not isn't that trial by isn't that by trial? I mean by jury.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. but I'm saying so. If that one falls through, then the other charge of aiding and abetting that second degree murder.
1: I don't think. They, it's- if they don't if, if if you have a if you have a jury and they choose to if they come if they don't come, if they don't come to an agreement cuz that's happened mm-hmm. before right? right that that doesn't that doesn't mean that the jury's not going to see them as helping in this case your mm-hmm. job is to see if you've encouraged the death of this person not saying did the person well i don't know that's a, I'm going have to bring on a lawyer for that one that's cool <laughs> that's kind of cool i never thought of that as a hung jury thank you
0: as i look into it a little more it looks like, and again, I may be wrong. It looks like the charge is just aiding and abetting. It doesn't look like it's specific to aiding and abetting X degree murder. It looks like it's just aiding and abetting murder. And so I, in, if that's the case, then what I was saying wouldn't be the case. Then they could still be charged with aiding and abetting, even if Shalvin is found innocent.
1: That would make sense for them to clarify that. Well, I guess mm-hmm. to declarify that, you know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's... It's tricky, and I think that it definitely added some controversy to the video, but like I said at the very beginning, I don't think it changes what happened after the video. It may give justification at least legally speaking for what happened initially, but there's still there's still substantial evidence that it was at the very least handled improperly and at its worst a at its worst a a murder right a a intentional intentional murder Uh, okay so i want to i'll address the the comments really quick and then i'll point out one other thing i was that crossed my mind so we had one person say that charge would make sense because they didn't prevent anything even as it was happening true Um, and so that would be if it wound up being a murder then they technically didn't step in now i i don't know if it's different for police because let's say you were walking through an alley and someone comes up and you're you're walking through with your significant other.
1: I'll just, okay. I thought and that was so, I'll for a second.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well if you could use that example, right? All right, but, I'm walking with my say...
1: parents after the after the opera. <laughs>
0: right. And so instead of shooting, he mm. decides to strangle Mrs. Wayne.
1: Mm.
0: Right. In that instance, Mr. Wayne is frozen with fear or he's conflicted or he doesn't know what to do. She dies he, the the murderer then leaves, in that instance, it would be completely implausible and wrong to charge him with aiding and abetting murder, right? So I think simply standing by, it's tough to make a proclamation of aiding I'm not, and abetting there. I'm but, not, go ahead. Well, I was just addressing because the comment said that they didn't prevent anything. So I don't think them not preventing anything is enough to charge them with aiding and abetting. Now, if they were also holding him down, which I don't, frankly, he I was. haven't seen it.
1: 100%, 100%. All four of them were on him.
0: Okay, so they in that case, that's on. different. You actually,
1: know? The, uh, actually, shovel was on his neck. Other two were on his feet and his mm-hmm. waist. Another one watched him. Mm-hmm. So that was the four. Now, granted, did someone address what I was going to address? <laughs> they, uh, I was going to say, it's because they're officers. They all fall under the same credence and they all... Like just because if 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 an officer if that happened to me I'm not held under the guide or under the guise or under the uh, jurisdiction of being an officer officers are under whatever pretense it happens if you sue if say for instance when my dad was a retired correction officer at Rikers Island mm-hmm. so if one if an officer were to have an altercation with a prisoner or the inmate this inmate would sue the entire uh, Rikers Island. They wouldn't sue just the officer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's how that's how that goes. I'm, I'm going to have to address some of these comments that's coming in. <laughs> uh, it says that uh, the charge would make sense because they, you know, they didn't prevent what's happening. It says, "LOL, no, because their office is right, and that's their job." And someone says, "If that happened in a school and a teacher didn't stop another teacher, you'd sue." And someone said, "Exactly,
0: right." And so this is where I think the police unions come in. Because qualified immunity, I think, may be the protective factor in that case. So qualified immunity, the way that qualified immunity works, it grants government officials, in this case, police, they fall under that, that umbrella, performing, it's, I looked up, it's discretionary function, so performing their job, mm-hmm. immunity from civil suits, unless the plaintiff shows that the official violated, quote, clearly established statutory or constitutional rights of which a reasonable person would have known. Now, that's a little bit vague, but I think it's, there is precedence for people getting, well, hold on. So I want to address this comment. They said, so life, unfortunately, we don't actually have a constitutional right to life. That's in the Declaration of Independence that came up in one of our previous episodes. So that wouldn't actually fall there, right? And, and so this is where I'm just taking the <laughs> legal stance. Yeah, we got a big UG comment. I, I'm strictly speaking from a legal stance. I'm not trying to say this is right or wrong, but I'm saying qualified immunity has gotten cops off of a lot in the past. Yeah. And it's gotten a lot of criticism in the past. And so that's why I'm saying that it is more, at least on a legal level, com- comparable to the situation where it's just a civilian standing by because those cops technically are doing their job. Technically, they're restraining a suspect. Technically, they're doing that. So it's not necessarily right. I I absolutely think it's wrong. I think qualified immunity should be gotten rid of. Personally, I think that public sector unions in general should be gotten rid of. And that's just my personal take. But I wish that weren't the case. But I think legally speaking, you have a tougher road ahead of you when that's the case.
1: Okay, so when when we're approached, at least within society, I think as humans, when we're approached with situations that we're not, uh, I guess, adept to or at least privy to, we go to things that we can use to associate. So in my head, kind of a situation where this can be reanimated is if I'm doing CPR on somebody,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they wake up, and then I continue to do CPR. Mm hmm then I'm in trouble. And if I break bones while they're awake and chilling and breathing, that's the issue. I'm, now I'm, now, I'm not liable for other medical conditions that may happen or anything that may develop. Now, in regards to those officers, they too, regardless of, they may be doing their job up until a point, that point where life has been gone has been that breached point. I'm, I'm guessing that legally, that also is a point that's described. That you can do your job up until your job is no longer needed on a, on a living human. You know what I mean? Like that, Until it reaches to that point, then you are able to be tried. Mm-hmm. We, we have some comments, uh, some of the, the chats going off right now. It said, so, you know, all the frustration, the us and the lols. It says, all of this is garbage, lol. Let me rewrite the world real quick. I know what I'm doing. Someone else said, I don't <laughs> mean to sound flip. But wasn't that the Seinfeld finale that they didn't help? So I said, isn't that a real thing that you have to help someone? I don't remember in short terms of Seinfeld. I don't remember. I think it's the pedestrian act or something like that or the good Samaritan act or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. Good Samaritan act is, is one thing for it. duty to rescue laws is another one. Um, and so again, I'm not an expert. But I don't think that that's the case in most states. Um, So in most states, people I don't believe have a duty to help or rescue another person. Now I don't know again if that's different than in for police. Um, And actually, hold on, I just googled it. Um, So this is I'm not crazy. This is Minnesota, right? We're talking about. Yes. Um, So this is under the state exception. So granted, this is a this is a blog. So I don't know the the credibility of it, but it's, it's a law blog at the very least. Um, find so, law? Yeah, yeah, find <laughs> law. So it says Minnesota has a state exception that if you are at the scene of an emergency and you know that someone has suffered grave physical harm or could be hurt, you have a duty to give reasonable assistance. Reasonable assistance can mean calling or attempting to call police or medical personnel. So So clearly that applies to the civilian. I don't know in police, I don't know if this is another case where qualified immunity gets them off of that or if the other officers could be complicit because they didn't stop him or even call medical personnel, right? Because they checked for a pulse. They didn't see a pulse. At that point, are they now breaking that law because they're deciding to keep holding him instead of calling for medical personnel, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that could very well be the case, but no. So in generally... That isn't the case. Generally, you have no duty to help someone else, legally speaking, except in in certain exceptions. But but yes, Minnesota does have an exception, so it could be something that they that they pull up, and I wouldn't be surprised. And and no, in in terms of Seinfeld, I'm not sure either. I don't I don't fully remember, but I vaguely do, and I, I think so.
1: Well, in regards to what led after it, because I I, mm-hmm. I always think in cause and effect, and I I tend to enjoy the ramifications of the effects, Mm -hmm. I believe it was like maybe probably like a dozen different laws were passed, but they were all county-based. Do you feel as if that, because granted, the same type of protesting we saw for our some odd 18 days, probably literally was one of the biggest uh, civil movements in the world. It was a global civil movement because of
0: this. Oh, and it's still going Uh, on.
1: And it's still going on. Uh, Would you say that America should have taken a a page out of its history book for the first time and made a a national law, like an amendment in regards to how they had, um, how they abolished segregation, how the, you know, the, the, the civil rights movement? Do you feel as if that that should be, that should have been the move by the Trump administration?
0: Personally, no. Personally, I think local governments need to get their shit together. I think that in all of the, in many of these cities that these issues are going on in, the local government even at times are pressuring the federal government to step in, to set new new laws, overseeing police work and, and setting new restrictions and limitations on what they can do, et cetera, et cetera. They have the capability to set those same laws for their city, for their state or for their municipality, right? And so oh,
1: so they all could could have convened and made their own civil presumably.
0: Rights. Yeah. Presumably if if Detroit decided that, hey, we have we have these issues going on, or or Michigan as a whole, right? Either way, the city or the state could set a city or state law saying that in Detroit or in Michigan, there are no chokeholds. You're not talking- allowed to do it.
1: You're trying to tell me that there's a lot more that the state of Michigan could be doing for Flint and Detroit.
0: I'm Well, I'm saying most issues. I think that the state governments have more power than people really realize. And no one, one, no one cares. No one votes in the local elections. And two, no one, be, either because of that or for other reasons, they, they aren't held accountable for these things. And then it all gets blamed on the federal government for, for stepping in. We live in a... Uh, a federal system where states' rights usually take precedence. And so all of these, so I don't want to fully take this stance because it's a little too biased, but a, a big complaint that I've been seeing is that most of these cities are Democrat controlled and have been for decades. And meanwhile, everyone that is pushing for this reform has voted Democrat for those decades. Now, I don't want to get into the, the party side of it because who knows if it's really the Democrats' fault or if it's just the fact that it's a larger city with more crime, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But,
1: also, to that point, I also want to say in regards to strictly voting, that's an entire episode. Stay tuned. We'll give you guys an yeah. one day. <laughs> yep. The entireness of it all, because it's not just, you may be voting, but who are you voting for? And once you get these people in parties, like one of the comments uh, said, I said, I mean, I voted right. And the, when those people enter into these rooms where bills and laws need to be made, they are, they take it upon themselves to say yes or no, not necessarily uh, asking the public. There's not really a mm-hmm. cause and effect when it comes to bills being written. It's right. very much so you vote me in because you trust my judgment off of three ads. And then you can, I can run your life for four years. Right. Uh, very interesting concept now that I put it that way. But I would like to address some of the, uh, at least two of the main comments in mm-hmm. the chat. It says the much ballyhooed <laughs> uh, finale stranded Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, George Jason Alexander, Elaine Julius Louise Dreyfus, and Kramer Michael Richards. In a small Massachusetts tower, they witness a carjacking. Instead of helping, they ridicule the victim and get arrested for violating the town's Good Samaritan
0: law. I love that this went to Seinfeld. Just I gonna... do. You know, it's so funny because I thought I thought that
1: my years of Friends practice would have privyed me to these conversations. <laughs> Clearly not. Clearly, I need to go back and look at Seinfeld. I'm gonna have to watch right. this over. Right. Uh, another comment that we saw says: While states have the power to pass laws, counties, cities, and towns may also create laws and ordinances. Cities are. Counties may have a municipal charter, which lays out local government powers and governs who and how it is enforced, even the most towns and cities can pass local laws uh, with or without a charter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, so first I want to acknowledge the last comment we got. <laughs> Seinfeld is better than friends. I absolutely agree.
1: But, I, but, but the first it's the first joke of the show. And I don't laugh. You think I'm going to click it? I'm, I'm clicking back to Cartoon Network. I'm sorry. God,
0: have we really already been gone for a half hour? It says we got 10 minutes left.
1: You know so what? We're going to end we'll, strong. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we'll cut it at the end. Um, <laughs> at, at the end of this, you know, before this meeting ends, we'll we'll cut it um but i do want to address this last that last comment about states and and smaller uh cities and counties having their own laws i think that because of that it's again in a hypothetically well functioning system that then allows you to target that problem area and so let's say i mean pol- policing is one instance, right, where maybe you have one particular city, maybe it's the large city with with more crime, what have you, that you have higher counts of excessive force, then that county or that city is the one that can then vote in people who uh, overtly say in their platform that I'm going to stand for this and change these laws, but it doesn't happen, right? And so that's the difference between reality and the hypothetical situation that could arise if if the system functioned the way it's supposed to. I do think that it's easier to get that through as opposed to getting it through on a national level because you have, so if you've got a city that is plagued with police brutality and plagued with unjustified murders and things like that, presumably the, the people of that city are going to be more amenable to laws restricting that kind of behavior than would the people of a city that has absolutely none of that. And so on a national level, trying to institute these changes, you're going to get hit with a lot more backlash. And you see that with pretty much any nation- nationwide changes. And more and more recently, things have been punted to the lower states anyway for their decisions for even big stuff.
1: I think, what was the, what would you say would be the last huge thing that went all the way up until, uh, well, until national law? I would say the LGBT, like yeah. that.
0: Mm-hmm. Gay marriage, thing. things like that. Yeah, because it went state by state by state until finally the federal government was like, fine, we'll do it. I think right. marijuana legalization is going to be the next one.
1: Five years or so.
0: Yeah. And so I think that that's the... I don't want to say the root of this problem because this problem has a lot of different aspects to it. But I think a big part of it is negligence on the local government's part and the inability for them to address issues in their actual communities and then delegating that responsibility to the federal government.
1: One thing that I also think that we also have to address Mm -hmm. but not necessarily forget, I don't know how how exactly to word it, but you can't, I guess a good team could, but you can't anticipate a George Floyd situation
0: right you can't
1: say a lot of these situations and granted everybody makes laws Mm -hmm. because of 2020 of hindsight that's how these bills are made no one's making preemptive covid bills if that was the case we'd be in a better (laughs) situation it's i guess it's required yes on the i guess it's the outcry of the people Mm because granted they wouldn't be forced to write anything if we didn't make a big uproar about it there would have been no issue george floyd could have been just like anybody else any other Tamir Rice, or you know, you pick a person. It can be yeah. just like in those situations. So I would say, do you say, th- do you th- would you say that the American people handle it correctly, or
0: I think the the yes and no, um, because I think the the outrage about it, the push for reform is mm-hmm. good. I don't think that much of this. Like I don't agree with the rioting. I don't agree with the. The destruction of property, those kinds of things, I don't think that is appropriate handling of the situation. Uh, but I do think that it's important that the people voice the concern and actually stand up and say, this is an issue, we need to address this, and we're now going to push for it. Because even here in Ann Arbor, candidates that are on, that are running on the primary, or were now that it's over, were addressing issues of policing more in their in their platform in in how they described how they were going to run and yes some of that is due to things like rioting and and looting and things like that because it's exemplary of a large issue i, I don't i don't want to say that i think that that's the quote unquote right way to express the the anger about the issue now i can't fully empathize with it i right? i'm I'm white. I'm. Wait, your race
1: doesn't pertain to how you can empathize with it.
0: Well, I can sympathize, but I can't necessarily empathize because I don't, I can't live that situation, but I can sympathize because I understand how they may feel, but I can't feel exactly the same myself. So, so yes and no. I think the outrage is good. I think the attention drawn to it is good. I think the rioting and looting is bad. I think the call to abolish and defund the police are bad. So yes and no.
1: This was this was phenomenal conversation uh, as a whole. Uh, the, the discussion was very fluid, very raw. Uh, the video we saw was raw. I think the entire uh, situation up front was very candid, and we all did a really good job communicating that. And that's kind of that's exactly what we want. Uh, and I just speak for Zach and myself that we really appreciate of uh, the content that I really got out of this one. Uh, one of the comments that we have brought to us in part by anonymous person, uh, says, I understand people don't like the rioting, but at this point I see no other option and the peoples are frustrated to the max. So what's it true And so said, like, you guys are great. Happy to be a part of this. Thank
0: you. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, just to touch on that last point, you know, I, I agree. And this last comment addresses that too. People told Colin to stand and he was un-American and now we do protesting and now we're called animals and terrorists. Yeah, I think, you know, to a certain extent, peaceful black protests have been shut down on numerous levels throughout the recent history. And so it's tough to say what the other options are, right? My gut says political advocacy, right? My gut says voting, but I understand that that's not always a feasible solution. I understand that the system doesn't work that perfectly and that's not going to work. I, I don't know. I, again, this is where I can't fully empathize because I don't, I don't really know who. see, we got two minutes left and now we're getting no, 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 into some no, no, no. good
1: conversation. No, because no, I was, um, I'm very ready for that two and five second mark. I'm ready because <laughs> I, I want to ask you a question and I think I might as well start now. I'm yeah, going go to put you on the hot seat, Zach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to put you in a hot seat and I mean that to say, you can't sympathize but I want you to empathize for this scenario. Everything has been done. You took a knee on the biggest stage. you lost a life from the biggest knee what's what's your next move you know what voting means you know what voting doesn't mean you tell me and if we know that it's not about the flag people who still I think we've all understood that it's not about the flag we get it it's a people know it if you don't know by now you're a couple of years late to a degree now what is your response what do we do for the last minute
0: so last minute um so honestly and I was having a conversation with someone about this before I was I thought it would be effective if. The black athletes would kneel at other games, right? So if LeBron went to Colin's game and kneeled, and Colin went to LeBron's game and kneeled, and that way it would be a loophole for them to do the same thing, gain the same audience, but not be protesting at their job. I don't know if that would actually be effective. I kind of doubt it would, but it would be a loophole in the in the the argument against it that was that was brought up.
1: And I must be it must be addressed that the military vet did put him in the knee. Thank you from the chat.
0: Yep. Thank you all. We're going to call it a night. Thanks guys.